0: As you're getting situated, our two- to four-year-olds will be dismissed out to the Children's Church, as well as all the adults who are helping, parents, you're welcome back. Uh, For the rest of you, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 6 today, as we think about an extension of worship. Isaiah chapter 6, starting in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew, and, with, and one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, whose earth is full, the whole earth is full of his glory." This has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and say this say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand, keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy. And blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, how long, O Lord? And He said, until cities lie waste without inhabitant, and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste. And the Lord removes your people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. Let's pray. God, I pray as we come to you and open your word, that you would open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, and open our minds to understand your glory, your majesty, and your worthiness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So last week we looked at Romans chapter two twelve. Sorry, Romans chapter twelve. In Romans chapter twelve we talked about how our act of worship, our spiritual act of worship, is a lifestyle that is lived toward God. It is a pursuit of godliness that is an active part of who we are as believers. And so t- today, I wanted to take a step forward and talk about worship in general and talk about how worship has consequences. When we look at what is, what is happening in Isaiah chapter 6, uh, this vision of God in His throne room, this vision that is given to Isaiah, we, we see a couple of things. Uh, the first, the first, um, is that when we when Isaiah saw God for who He was, He was absolutely terrified. He was terrified because He was a sinner. He was coming in contact with God's holiness. He was coming in contact with the reality of who God was, and He fell to his face in terror. I have seen the Lord of hosts. And Isaiah, as he saw this, and he understood the message that God was giving to his people, Isaiah really, he didn't have a very kind message for the people. I know many of you are married. Many of you are when, when, when I think about all the fights that I have had with my wife, I, I think that it comes down to this, I, I want to say, a, a curse that was put upon me by I, the prophet Isaiah. Okay. As a teacher and as a husband, I understand very clearly that there is a difference between hearing something and understanding it between hearing and listening. And I was trying to explain that to my wife. I, I, I can hear her voice, but for some reason, when it's most important, things just don't process the way they're supposed to. And so there's a miscommunication that happens, and, and I heard my wife's voice, but I didn't hear, and then I get in trouble. Gentlemen, I don't know if, if you've been there with me before, But I found that with my students as well. I can stand up and I can talk and my voice projects and words come out of my mouth and they're English. Okay, It's the words that they, it's their heart language that they're speaking and, and they hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. But they don't hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. They don't understand. And I want to look at this idea Because this, this message that Isaiah has for his people and how it ties in with worship has a lot to do with idolatry. Keep your, keep a a hand in Isaiah chapter 6 and turn with me to Psalm 115. Psalm 115. In Psalm 115, starting in verse 2, Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel, feet, but do not walk. They do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. When we look at what the people of Israel were doing in the first five chapters of Isaiah we see that the people of Israel were engaging in idolatry. They were lifting up their praises to someone who was other than the God of Israel. When you look in Isaiah chapter 1, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and please the widow's cause. These are all things that the people of Israel should have been doing, but they were not because they were following after God. These things are what God has called His people to do. And the people of Israel were worshipping other beings, other idols. They were putting things other than God at the top of their list at the top of who they were pulling information from, and this, these idols were, were pulling them away from God. In Isaiah 2, their land is full of idols. They bow down to the work of their hands, to what their own fingers have made. At the end of the portion of Psalm 115 that I read, the people who make the idols and the people who worship the idols become like the idols. And that description of they have eyes but do not see, they have ears but do not hear, those those descriptions pull forward even into the Gospels and Jesus and His teaching. They pull forward into Paul and his writings because that that idea that we become like what we worship is, is paramount to us understanding what our lives should look like. We have, there are consequences to, what, to how you worship. Consequences of who you worship. And so as we look at consequences, I know consequences for most people has a negative connotation. I did something wrong, there are consequences for that. But there's just as many, there are good consequences as well. Um, And so when we look at consequences, there are are things that we need to understand about about worship and how we approach worship. Now, the rest of my sermon is going to be limited or not, depending on how well my eyes are working. Uh, as When I woke up this morning, uh, everything was blurry. Now, I have glasses, but i 'm not forty yet. There are consequences. Okay, here we go. Now, I could do this one, see all of you and and what i 'm working on. Um, but this idea of worship and as we worship, as we live our lives for God. Or for something else. Our lives reflect that act of worship. If we worship and follow God. our, Our lives are conformed into the image of Christ. And we become more godly. Our pursuit of godliness ends in godliness. And ultimately we stand before God. Clothed in Christ's righteousness. That has become our own. It is no longer going to be a foreign righteousness it is going to be our own But if we worship idols if we have other things of this earth that we have put as our ultimate hope our ultimate goal then our our lives are going to be reflective of those things that do not have eye they have eyes but do not see and ears but do not hear. We will be spiritually blind and deaf to the words and sayings and truths of God. If you ever get a chance, I, I encourage you to look at this, these, these words, these, this verbiage of, they have eyes but do not see. And see how God uses that throughout Scripture to describe the worship practices of his people. The people of Israel in Jesus' day, when Jesus was teaching, he spoke in parables. Why did Jesus speak in parables? Well, his disciples asked that same question, right? Jesus. In Matthew chapter 13, he said, why, why do you speak in parables? And Jesus answered, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For to the one who has more, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. It says, you will indeed hear but never understand, and you will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull. With their, eyes they can, they can, with their ears they can barely hear. With their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. This message from Isaiah chapter 6, as I said earlier, is a hard message. It's a hard word from God. He is, he, he is telling Isaiah that this message that Isaiah has, this message of hope, if you read Isaiah, it is a hopeful book. Is a promise that God will fulfill what He has promised to do. He will bring His people back, even though they're going to be scattered from the winds. He is going to bring His people back. He is going to provide a Savior. He is going to provide the the necessary means by which they can have their relationship be, be made right with God. God is going to provide all of these things. but they will hear and not understand. That is, the, that is where we all are when we are born in sin. For, for the children in the room and for the children in the children's area, they hear the gospel. They hear it proclaimed from the teachers. They hear it proclaimed from the pulpit. They hear it proclaimed over and over and over again. But they don't hear it. They can't. They're spiritually dead. They worship what they can see and hear and feel and touch in the world around them. They live. They live as if there is no God. Now, can be this, that can be the same, the same can be said for everyone who walks apart from knowing Christ. They're walking, but they're not walking the way they were meant to walk. We are, we are made as image bearers of God. We are made to reflect God's glory. And that's not something that we can change. We are either, we, we are made to reflect, and we will either reflect God's glory, Or we will reflect the idols that we worship. Paul used a different language. He said, We are either slaves to sin or we are slaves to righteousness. There is no option, there is no freedom to choose what we want to do. Our walk, our worship is defined by who we worship or what we worship. Exodus chapter 20. We, we see the first commandment of God. You will have no other gods before me. I am the God who brought you out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You, have, you will have no other gods before me. And I I feel too often we skip over the second commandment. Because we don't have household idols. We don't have these little beings that have hands but do not feel. That have eyes but do not see. We don't have them sitting in front of us. And I would say that that our cell phones are like that, but they have ears and they can hear. Worshiping the creator God, or you are worshiping created things. Those are the two options. And in our minds, we need to understand that that is always the case. We are always worshiping something. And that is reflected spiritually in how we walk according to what Christ has, how Christ has called us to walk. And as we think about Isaiah's message, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. This is the the prayer as we go out into the world. This is a a prayer both for us and for the people that we are talking to, that, that God would open their eyes to see, that God would open their ears to hear the message of the gospel. That that message of hope and peace and love that God gives to his children is not something that we keep in, but it's something that we live out and speak out. And we as we pray and as we go, that God would open the eyes of the blind, that God would open the ears of the deaf. Isn't that what he, he told to John's messengers? When John sent his people to Jesus, are you the one that we're looking for? Go and tell John this, the blind see, the deaf hear. People are being molded, created, transformed into the image of God that we, were, that we were made to be in from creation. We are given the hope and joy and love and peace that comes from God, that comes through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And is manifested through our worship. Who we worship has consequences. Isaiah stood before God, he saw the seraphim flying and crying out, Holy. Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts whose earth, the whole earth is full of his glory. That call is repeated over and over and over. We see that in Revelation chapter 4, holy, holy, holy. That is God's call on our lives. That is how we worship and how we reflect God properly is through righteousness and holiness in our lives. And so as we go, as we go, we need to understand that as we are, it it comes back to Romans chapter 12. It comes back to Romans chapter 1. There are only two options. We are either transformed into the image of His Son, or we are conformed to the image of this world. If we are conformed to the image of this world, we... We can't hear the things of God. We can't know the things of God. Being conformed into the image of Christ. We love things that we didn't love before. We yearn for things that we didn't yearn for before. We walk in ways that we couldn't walk before. Jesus knew that his message was not going to be heard well from people, just like Isaiah knew that his message was not going to be heard well. When someone comes up and says, You're wrong. What's our first reaction? You're wrong. I think you're wrong. I'm not wrong. You're attacking me. Isaiah's message, Isaiah's message, you are blind and deaf, just like the idols that you worship. That's a happy, seeker-sensitive message if I've ever heard one. You're blind and deaf. But God, God brings us back. God restores our sight. God restores our hearing. hearing. He restores our minds and our hearts. He restores all of us so that we can be what He has made us to be. As Isaiah's lips were touched with the coal from the altar, a picture of God's righteousness being put upon Isaiah. Isaiah knew that he was not worthy to receive this message. He knew that he was not worthy to be a recipient of this vision because he was a sinner. He had a revelation of who God was. And he understood his position. And we need to, we need to keep that in mind as we walk as we as we make strides. I know it's, it's really easy as we come before other people and like, hey, man, that was a really good thing that you did. Hey, man, I see how you're walking with God. You have a really strong faith. It's really easy for us to get puffed up with pride. But like Isaiah, we need to stand before God and say, I am a sinner. I am not worthy to have this message, I I'm not worthy to to be called your child. We have this idea in our minds that God is the only worth that is worth anything in our lives. We preach the message. We're sinners. We need a savior. And now my technology is failing me. Which is why Pastor Philip never uses technology. I should learn a lesson from today. As we think about the consequences of worship, we become like who we worship. Our... our worship is either centered upon the created things our our hope our trust our aim our goals is either either focused on what is of this earth or is focused on God there are no other options as i think thought this week through psalm 115 that we read earlier I thought it was interesting the specific things that God that God brought out about these idols. Their idols are silver and gold, they have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. And we we see specifically in Scripture where God Himself is the opposite of these idols. Our God speaks. Our God sees. Our God hears. Our God smells. He and that one that one sort of threw me for a loop one time. How does God smell? What does God smell? It's the incense of our prayers. Prayers lifted up to God. Those who make them become like them. There's an an implicit promise in this. If you worship idols if you have your ultimate hope and faith on things of this earth, things that are made, things that you can touch and manipulate yourself, if that is where you find your ultimate hope, you will become like that idol. Dead. Worthless. Hopeless. But if you worship God, And you honor him with your life, you will become like him. And that is our hope and our prayer today. That is our hope and our prayer tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. That our lives would reflect God and not something that was created. So the problem is this. How do those who cannot hear, cannot see, cannot understand, how do they come to a knowledge of God? A proper understanding of who God is. Through the proclamation of the gospel. Your neighbor's the people around you in Tyler, the people around you in Walmart, Brookshires, the people in front of you who are on their phone and not realizing that the light has turned green. These people need to hear the gospel. These people need to hear the truth of God. They need to, they need to hear it with their ears. And in the and, and we pray as we speak that God That God, through His Holy Spirit, will open their ears, open their eyes, and open their minds to see the things that they could not see before. They were dead in their trespasses and sins, but they have been made alive in Christ. The gospel is what transforms people from idol worshipers to God worshipers. That transformation is something that happens, that happens instantaneously and continuously through the life of of a believer. We are conformed to the image of Christ. We are holy and righteous. God sees us through the sacrifice of Christ. He sees Christ's righteousness. He sees Christ's obedience. And He puts that upon us. And then we live that out the rest of our lives. Until we are glorified and standing before God. And He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Romans 8 promises that those He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. We need to be proclaimers of the gospel with our mouths. The truth of God needs to come out of us at every opportunity. And we also need to be proclaimers of God with our lives. Worshippers of God, with our moment by moment reaction to things that are going on, our moment by moment thoughts, our moment by moment deeds, speech. How long, O Lord? We're not given an end date. Our answer is different than Isaiah's. How long do we proclaim this message? We proclaim this message until Christ comes. We've got a job. We've got to do it. Keep doing it over and over and over again. Proclaiming the gospel to those who have never heard. Proclaiming the gospel to those who have heard, but they haven't really heard. Come back to uh, a question that gets asked in my household a lot. Hey, have you seen... fill in the blank. Have you seen my keys? I have seen them in the past. Uh, I probably will see them. I have not been looking for them. Isn't that how it works? Our brains process things. So we, we see them. I Oh, I, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm in the refrigerator. I can't see the mayonnaise. The mayonnaise is sitting right in front of me. My children come over, grab the mayonnaise. Dad, what are you doing? I saw the mayonnaise. It was sitting right there. My brain processed that it was, but it it was it was I was blinded to it. The same thing happens with us before we come to know Christ. It's sitting there in front of us. The heavens declare the glory of God. The proof is all around us, but we are blind to it because we are dead in our sins. And until God opens our eyes, we cannot we cannot love him, we cannot follow him, we cannot worship him. That is the truth for everyone. And so as we think about becoming like what we worship, we need to be careful because there is no third option. There is no both and. This is an either or. You are either worshiping God or you are worshiping the world. You are either a slave of righteousness or you are a slave of sin. I pray today that we will hear the gospel. We will hear the truth that we are sinners. And it will not be, uh, uh, we, our defenses won't be thrown up. But we will hear that truth proclaimed loudly from Scripture. We will also see the truth clearly and understand that God sent His Son to die on the cross to live a perfect life and to die in our place, the perfect for the sinner. He was resurrected three days later. He did everything that that needed to be done so that we could be made right with God. His sacrifice for us pray that you would hear that if you've never heard it clearly for the first time i pray that you would take an opportunity today to to talk with someone But if you if you if you have heard it before and you've you've professed faith in Christ and you are you are living, I pray, Lord God, I pray to God today that you will take this opportunity to reevaluate what is happening in your life. Reevaluate where your allegiance lies. Where does your worship put you? Are you living? Like God has called you to live. If not, repent, turn back to God. That's where we all are. Repent. Believe the gospel. Worship God correctly. Let's pray. God, we come before you as sinners in need of a Savior. Lord God, we come before you as those who are broken, who need to be mended. Those who are empty, that need to be filled. God, we cannot, in our own strength, do what needs to be done. But Lord God, you have, you have done everything yourself. So, God, we trust in that fact. We trust in your goodness in your grace and your mercy. God, grant us faith and repentance moment by moment. Drive us to worship you correctly so that as we, as we choose to follow you through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Lord God, that you will be glorified and you will be magnified and people will see the difference that you make as we worship you properly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.